Guys, this is bad. No. No, it's it's perfectly safe. Just don't break the circle and the demon remains contained. Um, but reading from the book is what caused all this trouble to begin with, so... Yeah, that's true. But reading from it again can't make things any worse. It's kind of like spilling paint on a painting. It's okay because there's already paint on it. That is incorrect. Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Rich. And I'm Chris. And this is the Evil Dead Cast episode six. The evil number six. Let's get right into it. It's our Dead Cast Top Three. This week it's top three highlights for season one, episode three, Books from Beyond. So yeah. uh what did you guys think in general? Well, I thought it was in- awesome. Uh-huh. No, no hesitation. No, it was awesome. I mean, it opens up with uh, with Ruby driving one of my favorite cars of all time. I mean, how could you go wrong? It was awesome. <laughs> what is that? I don't. Is it a Dodge? Yeah, it was a Dodge uh, uh, Challenger. Uh, I think that's the same car that that Walt Junior drives in Breaking Bad. Do you oh, know, Chris? Yeah. No, I don't know for sure, but it does uh-huh. seem familiar. It, that's a recent model Challenger or Charger. You said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Challenger. It's, I don't know. It's it's a pretty cool car. You're right, but uh, I'm not that much of a car guy, so it didn't stand me out. Neither. Me neither. But if but, it is, it's also the same one that Glenn drives in season right. one of Walking Dead. <laughs> right, it's popular car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. What about you? Uh, I think this episode there was a lot to like in it, but it was my least favorite of the three so far. Mm-hmm. Not to say I didn't like it at all, but uh, the first two, the first two did more for me. Um, but I think we'll get into it a little bit. So least favorite of the three, as it stands right now. Does it have you worried about the series? No, it actually doesn't really have me worried because the things I liked about it sort of set up things to come. I feel like, and I'm excited about that stuff. So I'm not worried about the series. But it kind of felt like a bit of a bridge episode to me getting from sort of one set of things to another uh which which didn't always work i thought but it wasn't it wasn't bad i mean this is it was still pretty entertaining so i can't say i really disliked it i kind of i thought it, it had it yeah it was kind of a um a, you know an episode where they're setting up for the rest of the series i uh yeah i mean it definitely things at the beginning of the episode are different from how they ended up and I like that because you want to see the story advance. But um, there were some amazing things in this episode that I thought in and of themselves were pretty awesome. When I first watched it, I thought the same thing. Oh, I think this is my least favorite of the three. But just like last week on second watch, I was picking up more things. And by the end of it, I just loved it. So <laughs> I, I'm definitely higher on this episode than I was after the first watch. I don't think it was as funny as the as the first two. But then again, when I li- when I watch through and start writing down the funny things, there's there's a lot of them. But still, I still don't think it was as funny. But it was like in some ways a lot creepier. So it made up for it. By I, I mean, I also like that the episodes are not all the same. You know, they're pretty different actually. Yeah. So that's yeah. pretty cool. For me, see, on the second watch through, the stuff that I, I wasn't so keen on jumped out more at me. So I that's sort of why I feel like it's not quite as solid. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I yeah. loved it. I thought it was cool when it started out with uh, Ruby driving the car and then it goes to the bookstore. Every time I watch one of these episodes, I do. I am a little nervous. I'm like, oh, OK, what are they yeah. going to do to mess it up? But <laughs> yeah. then as I watch it, it's like, oh, man, this is cool. This is exactly how I would have made it if I could have made it. <laughs> well, I was like showing Jenny and she's she's into it. And it's so it's so enjoyable. In fact, I was really looking forward to uh, this episode this week more than I was looking forward to The Walking Dead. Maybe it's part in part because it's something new, but. I'm totally into the show, so I'm really happy that we're podcasting on it. But uh, I forgot where I was going with this when I started out this sentence. So why don't oh, we just saying something. get into our... <laughs> yeah, it totally is. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 good. Uh, oh, yeah, I was showing Jenny and I, and I was like, you know, I, I feel like I really need to appreciate this show for what it is and not compare it too much to the to the originals, you know, to the movies. Yeah. 
Like I'm at that point where if I if I say, you know, man, like I just popped on Evil Dead 2 for her and I'm like, just skim to any point and it's fucking mayhem and hilarious all at the same time. No matter where you go, it never lets up. Right. And this show isn't like that. There are some lulls that are still pleasant to watch, but it's just not as crazy as the movies. And and, more structured. Yeah. And if I'm like expecting it or needing it to be like that, then I'm not going to like it as much. But if I kind of let go of that and just appreciate it on its own, I'm happy to feel like, yeah, actually this is, this is really good. So that's how I feel about it right now. Yeah, and they they have to do that though because it's a TV show. It's not a it's not a two hour movie. They need to they need to make sure it stays entertaining and just stretched over ten episodes, right? So it's definitely going to be a little bit different. And you can't always you can't always go back to the movies and expect exactly the same thing. It's just a different format. Yeah, and I also right. think that you know to just be totally frank, not every director is Sam Raimi, and I bet if he directed every yeah. episode. It would be closer to that, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> you right. know? I mean, it, it still wouldn't be that. You're right, because it's a TV show and it's paced differently. But I, I feel like the the pilot so far has been the closest to that. And uh, right. And, uh, you know, but but it doesn't need to be that way. It really doesn't. Like, I, I still I totally enjoyed these last two episodes for what they were. And I'm liking it more than just about anything else on TV right now. So. That's awesome. And who knows who knows if you'd even want that, you know, the the yeah. movies just for a half an hour every week for 10 for 10 weeks, you know? I mean, that's that's great and all, but you might want something different a little bit. You might. I mean, it would be nice if one episode was just balls to the wall, deadites messing yeah. with people <laughs> just to see, you know? <laughs> I hope we do get that. You bring up a good point. Do you think fans, do you think new fans of the show should go back and watch the movies? Uh, I don't know. I think it's always interesting, like with Walking Dead, to hear the perspective of somebody who's never read the comics versus people who have. It's it's kind of cool, I think, to get both of those perspectives. So this is sort of a similar case. Yeah, and they did do a little review in the first episode. Yeah. Kind of catch you up. You see, my wife has seen the original movies, at least Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, and she wasn't a huge fan of them, but she loves this show. She loves watching it with me, and I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, this is one of her favorite shows right now, as as is mine, but she was never that big a fan of the movies, so there's something different in there that's mm-hmm. attracting that's attracting people, I think. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Like Pablo is yeah. is something there was not really anything like him and Kelly too, you know. Everybody who was strong just got killed off. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Ash. Yeah, just just more characters, maybe that's what it is, you yeah. know, and a little bit more time with each of them, so. Yeah, to get to know him and everything. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the top 3. Um Chris, why don't you go first this week? Sure. Well, my number three is got to be the demon at the yeah. end. Uh, <laughs> it's, can't can't go talk about this episode without talking about that thing. It was. I thought this was one of the most impressive parts of the episode. I love the demon. It was super gross, but uh, looked really good. And I loved the the sort of effect they did with it, where it almost looked like it was vibrating the whole time. Yeah. Um. But but <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. But I sort of noticed how it's all. It almost looked like its mouth and its big teeth were kind of stationary, and the skin around it was just shaking and vibrating. And it was really, really intense and creepy looking. So it was really good. It was well done. Um, too. It was a really good effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like out of a movie. It was. It felt. It felt like it for sure. Um. And and just so gross and creepy. And then um, I wanted to talk about the powers that it had for a little bit, because I don't know, and maybe you guys can remind me, but uh, it's been a while since I've gone back to watch the movies. I just haven't had a chance yet. But this thing could basically like teleport and it could perform telekinesis when it picked up the, the glass shards and hurled them at, uh, yeah. what's his name? Caught that, yeah, the and, bookstore owner. Yeah, the Lionel. Linus or Lionel. Lionel. And... And then what it was doing like to Ash and Pablo without really touching them, sort of getting into their brains and stuff like yeah. that. Is this is this new for a deadite? This kind of thing? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember anything no. from the movies. I actually am not sure this qualifies as as a deadite, or at least it's not like any deadite we've known. You know, in the past 
what's happened is they, at least from what we could tell is they've opened the portal and demons have come through and possessed humans and turned them into monsters. That's all. I think that's all we've seen pretty much. That's the physical manifestation of the evil. This was summoning a particular demon. So I think this is kind of a new thing. Yeah. So this isn't actually someone possessed. This is the actual demon that we're Mm -hmm. seeing, which is cool. So this is why it has different abilities maybe. Yeah. And he described it. He said, it's a minor demon named Eligos. He possesses knowledge of hidden things, a demon of the mindscape. And uh, Ash said, sounds like a total nerd. And then he said, he (laughs) preys on the spirituality and, uh, and emotionally weak. And Ash said, well, he can do that on his own time. Okay, get him out. Let's chat. <laughs> but and then after so he's that, like, man, it's like that thing was in my mind. Yeah, exactly. And that, <laughs> and so I love this demon. The look was amazing and the way that it uh, they did the special effects and also the concept, uh, this, you know, kind of the demon of the mindscape and the way that yeah. he would just sort of fuck around with Ash's head and you could see like the x-ray of his skull and brain and then they'd go inside and you'd see like his synapses being crushed and all the juice spurting out of them and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just it's brilliant in every aspect I thought. And it was good too because, you know, one thing that I always am afraid of with the show and, and is that the deadites won't seem that threatening and so to have this one that operates on the mental level meant that it didn't really have to like hurt anyone physically and it could still seem menacing because it, I obviously scrambled up both Ashes and Pablo's head pretty good. So yeah. that was neat. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys confirmed that this is sort of something new because I wasn't sure, but I, I want them to do new stuff like this. Just yeah. people getting possessed all the time is is cool, but we sometimes need uh, new monsters or new challenges, new new things to for Ash to kill uh, most of the time. So I'm glad I'm glad they're doing that. Mm-hmm. When they um when the when you can sort of ski, see their skulls through through their skin, I always think of that as the the Darth Vader effect, which um. <laughs> Spoilers for Return of the Jedi. Uh, when, uh, <laughs> when, when you know, uh, Darth Vader's picking up the Emperor about to do his thing, you, you see the skull sort of thing through his mask. So that always reminds me of that for some reason. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, the demon looked very cool, and it looked like it had its skull skin stretched down over its eyes so you couldn't see them, or almost like an alien, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, from the alien movies or but it was like a cross from something out of alien and hellraiser i thought uh, it reminded me of that character from uh, lord of the rings at the end the one with just the big mouth that did all the talking for sauron i don't remember i have and to go back they, and look and and then um and then they cut its head off <laughs> this is the one this is the monster the demon that uh i talked about last week during the news right neca will be releasing a toy for i i thought for some reason i'd seen it before so maybe he was in a trailer in, or something yeah but, i think so yeah but if not that we've seen it now so this is the one you'll be able to buy sometime next year cool yeah i saw the um ad for that and i thought immediately oh yeah that's what chris was talking about but um yeah. one more thing about it is Kelly hits it with the book and that seemed to it, then you see it, it, the mouth of the skin stretched over the book. It looked like something yeah. was inside it. So it looked like they were trying to say the demon went into the book and that's all it took. But it seems like that's kind of lame. If all you had to do is hit it with the book. Uh, I don't really believe that it's gone though, but what do you guys think? I don't know they said. The book was a gateway to, um, to the underworld where evil resides. So, but then they said the book was harmless <laughs> unless it was wielded <laughs> by someone very evil or someone very stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was a great line. But then I, I thought, okay, Lionel saying that and yet he's not much smarter. Yeah, that's true. He totally, he didn't seem like it. Yeah. He totally went for the idea of, I loved him by the way, just like, being so excited to have that book and he did seem kind of nerdy but he also obviously had a lot of knowledge of the occult and i think maybe he never really put much of that into practice but he's like now's my chance i've wanted to commune with the dark for my whole life yeah so i thought that was cute to have him and ash be the ones in charge and pablo being like fuck 
<laughs> he played <laughs> a good straight man. To, he was trying to to be the smart one and do the right thing, but of course, Ash convinced him otherwise, which I, I imagine is going to happen a lot on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's pretty easy to convince, so I well, love, that's true. love that about <laughs> that's him. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rich, what's your number three? Uh, it was it was along the same lines. Uh, I like the idea of, of having uh, them able to conjure up or summon individual demons and especially ones with powers i thought that was cool that should play well in the future you know mm-hmm. they could dedicate different episodes to different demons get all their ass kicking and bloodshed in there i know i mean it seems like the book has a lot of potential to be a lot of different things whatever story ideas they can come up with they can integrate that into the book if they want to you know yeah i wonder if they'd ever be able to summon a demon that actually could help in some way like if they do figure out that they can summon a demon and then get it back in the book just by hitting it which i got the same feeling as you jason when they did that like i wonder if we'll ever get a scenario where they're in trouble or there's other monsters around and they summon a demon to do something and think they can control it and who knows what'll happen but i wonder i don't know that seems like it might be too close to the plot of this one but uh i guess yeah. if it actually does help then that would be different who knows like it'd be too easy yeah it's I mean, too easy the, in some ways too risky throw, throw the book at him all the time yeah and yeah. i wonder if uh i mean i was thinking it would be interesting if the bookseller guy was turning the pages and he came up upon the page that shows ash in the 1300s is that still in there <laughs> somewhere I don't know. That book looked cool. Know. They did it's a really cool. good job on the inside of that book. Oh, yeah. I like the artwork. Well, that leads right into my number three. It's the what I loved about this episode that I think was better than the first two was just the atmosphere and effects and attention to detail of different things, one of which was the book itself. How, um, for one thing, whenever it's brought out, like clouds drift over the sun and crows fly away yeah. and lights flicker. Mm-hmm, I love that. Yeah. But then when they focused in on the binding, when the bookseller had that light over it, and it looked so much like flesh um, pulled over the book binding, you know, leathery and gross. I love that effect. And then when he was describing the history of the book and they you went into those animation effects of skin being flayed and um, that kind of reminded me of the movie. And I thought it was really great and creative and, evil looking and stuff so that was it adds a lot when they do that kind of thing i know it probably takes a lot of effort but uh i'm glad that they do it and i hope they keep doing it yeah the book looked amazing and so did the store i mean yeah i was just gonna say that yeah store sorry no go ahead go ahead just so much detail in the store, everything in jars, and then just the the creepiness of some of those jars breaking and the stuff inside coming yeah. to life and stuff. Yeah. It was it was good. I liked the store a lot. I know it the it was like animal fetuses in jars, which yeah. Re- yeah. reminded me. I, there's a show called Oddities. I haven't actually seen the show, but it's a half hour documentary slash reality TV thing that shows this Manhattan antique and rarity shop and. Mm-hmm. There's things like a mummified cat, a rhesus monkey skull, art made from nail clippings, and a straight jacket. And they've been to Walker Stalker Con. Uh, they've had a booth, and they also have done panels. And I think they had a whale penis up on stage at one point. Nice. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, they, so there is. I th- they may have, you know, taken inspiration from real stores because there are real stores that have shit like that. And then just the rest of the store, it was so dark and old looking, with a bunch of like scrolls and old books and and the whole pentagram and with the chalk and incense all around. Just a lot of really great atmosphere to this episode. I kind of wished it was a real store. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Did you guys watch the? Um, the yeah part that, at the end yeah that's how i know just because uh they said it was built on a set in a back lot somewhere but i, I really wished it was a real store because uh it would be amazing to think there's some dude out there that actually works in a shop like yeah. that you know with all kinds they of have stuff. stores that look a lot like that in new orleans you yeah go to a witch store oh i've never been down there books yeah they got all kinds of books and they got you know all the little parts of animals that you don't normally see 
You should stay out of those places, whatever you do. <laughs> okay. They sometimes summon, summon demons, too. So yeah, I'll if you see, out. like, lightning coming down and lights right. flickering, <laughs> just go down and have a drink. I usually just have a sign out front, two-for-one special. <laughs> you're not going to get any Great. lightning from them, no. <laughs> okay, number two, Chris. Number Number two, well... Uh, just talking with you guys about this episode, I already feel like I like it a little more. <laughs> it's it's funny. It's funny how that seems to happen. Yeah. But um, the thing that that I sort of didn't like as much about this one was kind of the writing. And I don't want to complain too much about the writing on a show like Ash vs. Evil Dead. But this one for me was the weakest written of the three. And the main reason was I felt like there was a lot of time spent kind of with the characters just telling us what they're doing or what they're about to do. You know, they're sitting in the car at the beginning, which started out as an okay scene, but then Ash sort of says exactly what he's going to do, even though we already all know he's about to go into the store to get the book translated. And then um, a lot of the stuff in the store was was Ash and the guy saying, let's do this, and then we'll do this other thing. And I'm like, guys, I know why you're here. I, I get it. Let's just sort of move on to it. <laughs> and even when, even when Lionel was creating the circle on the floor... Pablo actually says to him, so why are you doing this? I think just so that we could have the explanation again. And I sort of noticed these things the first time and and they they jumped out at me even more the second watch through. So it took me out of it a little bit. But uh, again, it's it's writing on a on a Evil Dead show, which I'm not going to say it's not important, but it may not be the most important thing. But I think it was the weakest of the three episodes so far in this kind of respect. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I didn't. I didn't notice it myself. I was. I think I was too caught up in the, uh, you know, listening for explanations of what the book was and how the book works and all that stuff. They peppered yeah, that you know in what there I, along with everything you I, were talking about. I did really. I mean, once you get into the demon summoning and stuff, all the writing uh, problems for me just go away because they're fighting this awesome demon. <laughs> but you're right. I did. I did like the description of uh, what he said the book was and talking about the Dark Ones, too, which I don't know if that's a group we've ever heard of before. So we did get some new information. I certainly have to concede that. Yeah, when he was talking about the book and Ash said, oh, I know what it means, but Pablo, you might want to explain to him. Um, (laughs) he, He said a few things that we already kind of knew. He said it's a gateway to hell a way to summon forces mm-hmm. of evil into our earthly realm. Well, we knew that, except I don't think it had been that we ever equated the demon's dimension to hell before. So that was an interesting new twist, but basically what we've already known. But then he said, in ancient times, there was a group known as the Dark Ones, neither demon nor fully human. They created this book as a weapon against humanity. These pages were yeah. cut from the bodies of the dams upon which the Dark Ones inked their passages in human blood, passages that contain the power to make portals but we already knew that. But then the Dark Ones use this book to hold power over all mankind. So, yeah, that was new information. And, and I was really transfixed at just on that part in particular. I can see what you're saying about the writing, but I loved getting some new information about the book. Yeah, for sure. Now, saying they're neither demon nor fully human implies that they're partly human, I guess. Yeah. And so I'm curious now as to why why they wanted to create a weapon against humanity like what is it about the this group that wanted to end humanity especially if they're partly or partly human i i wonder if we'll get more information down the road but you're right it was fun to get just this little bit here and maybe they'll maybe they'll tease us with a bit more once in a while yeah i hope so i hope they have an overall idea of it and they're not just like oh this sounds cool let's put that in (laughs) (laughs) yeah although that could be fine too i guess when when did they uh hold dominion over humanity with this book when was that well we know 1300 no i don't think so because the writing is sumerian and i looked that up when we did one of our earlier podcasts and it was it's like you know 2000 bc or something like that so Uh ancient ancient did Lionel mention Sumerian in this episode too? I don't think he did. He just said it was a dead language or something. I don't think like he's, an ancient, yeah, yeah, obsolete language or something. Yeah, but okay. I think Ash has said Sumerian before when talking about it on the show. I'm not positive about that, but I think so. First episode. No, I feel like it? you're right. Yeah, we've heard we've heard a few characters say it's Sumerian. Mm-hmm. That's always been the case. Rich. Uh, uh number two. Yeah. 
It was uh, the book. Uh, you touched on it earlier, but I'm so happy they kind of got into the book a little more. And you mentioned all the detail that they put into the book. I like the idea that the book is, it kind of gives a, it, you know, it kind of gives a, a reason to why the book was so important. They're always mentioning mm-hmm. the book. He's always carrying it around, you know. So now we got a little bit of background on that. And I hope they continue with it. Yeah, it totally does. Like before, we didn't really know what, why the book was written. And now we know that these evil people wrote it so they could be powerful and have dominion over everyone. Yeah. So that's completely, I mean, I don't know, maybe if the book isn't as mysterious anymore, it won't be as cool, but it was fun to learn about it. Apparently they can use it as a weapon now too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another question that I had is, um, if they used it as a weapon, then how did they control the forces that came out of it? And maybe they couldn't. And that's why they're all dead. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't work out so well for them either. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder what, what it was that Ash read, too, in his trailer, because he didn't read as much as Lionel did. Lionel had to read for a long time mm-hmm. before the demon came out. Ash just said a few words. Or maybe we just didn't get the whole thing, huh? Well, yeah, it was different passages, but it is interesting to me that whenever anybody reads the book, they start reading like this pretty soon. It's like <laughs> it gives them a rush or something, you know? I feel the evil. I feel the power. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I think it's not how much you read, but it's what you read. Because Ash said something about, you know, find a find a demon that's not so bad, maybe at the end of the book or something like that, <laughs> yeah, you know? So, a weak one. <laughs> a weak one. Don't start at the beginning. That's where the really bad stuff is. <laughs> it also said the the annulment lies inside the origin of the man. And Ash just pr- presumed that that referred to him. And Lionel actually... <laughs> agreed but i didn't i mean like why would that just mean you but he's probably right i it seemed like foreshadowing <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that could be why the evil is so interested in ash himself yeah exactly he is the one true threat to them i guess yeah which is cool yeah. he is the one <laughs> he's the one all right well that's a nice seg for me too is it my turn i think it is uh, my number two yeah. is ash's plan so i totally love that it was at that ash's idea to fix everything was to read even more passages from the book (laughs) (laughs) dumbest idea ever (laughs) of course and uh and it's like why would he think the demon would cooperate has anything ever that's come out of there cooperated with him or been honest with him um or (laughs) that they would have a way to send it back like i think he just thought well he thought that it would given the information to banish all of them. But if it didn't work out, he, he apparently thought Lionel could just quickly send it back. Um, yeah. Well, he then, said he was in a controlled environment too. Yeah. I bet he it would. So what? Yeah. If they hadn't broken the circle, everything would have been fine. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. then you've got yeah. a demon floating in a circle. Like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> and then, <laughs> but I liked when, um, Pablo said, reading from the books, what caused all this trouble in the first place? Ash said, yeah, that's true. But reading from it again can't make things any worse. It's kind of like spilling paint on a painting. It's okay because there's already paint on it. That's right. That's right. That was hilarious. That is absolutely incorrect. Incorrect. (laughs) That's the exact opposite. Uh, I know. Exactly. But it was so brilliant because you're kind of with him. It's like, yeah, you spill paint on like something that's already painted, but not a painting. (laughs) And then um, and then it was also pretty funny when he said uh, to the demon, I got to take whatever I summon and put it back into the bottle. So how do I do that? Release me and I'll tell you. Nice try, asshole. Give me some information I can use. Die quickly. That's my advice. Ash says, okay, that was a really bad idea summoning this guy, Pablo. (laughs) That was his plan. Ask him if he doesn't answer, then suddenly it was a bad idea. (laughs) Um, And then maybe one thing that kind of saves the writing, I'd have to go back and look, but when they are doing this sort of explicating in any show, if it's done with panache, then I'm more inclined to forgive it. Maybe this episode might have some of that because I really did like how nonchalant Ash was the whole time through about what needed to happen. Like, oh, no, it's no problem. You know, 
uh, like he said to, to Pablo, if we get this done quick enough, we might have time to stop for churros. Like, it'll just be quick. Then he, the bookseller, <laughs> when he meets him, he's like, all oh, my work, this book proves my life has meaning. And Ash is like, okay, great. Can you crack open the undo spell? It's probably somewhere near the back. It's like, just quick, you know, it's just going to be real quick. No, no harm, no foul. Or let's say some cool guy reads one of the passages by mistake and summons something from way back. And now he just wants to put it back. No harm, no foul. Like it's been no harm that several people have died horribly. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I didn't. That's one of the things that I didn't like as much about it, because I felt like every line out of Ash's mouth in this episode was a joke or him being sarcastic, which I know it's Ash. That's what he does. But to me, he felt a little like dumber than usual. Too almost quippy. like they. Mm-hmm. A little too quippy, exactly. Like, he didn't have a serious line in the whole episode, pretty much. And um, I love his quips, and I love his jokes and his sarcasm. But every once in a while, they need to make him uh, a real guy. (laughs) Yeah. I think. The only time I think that he was a real guy, and I was really thankful for it. uh, Well, there's maybe two. But one in particular is when he was being accosted by the demon and just screaming his head off. That mm-hmm. yeah. that was f- pretty terrifying, <laughs> but yeah. Otherwise, even in at the end, because I think one of the things that this episode was supposed to be about was he started off an a lone wolf, <laughs> and, then, a lone wolf. Yeah. and then he ended up saying that he wanted to run with his pack, and so that yeah. was supposed to be a little change to his character. But it was sort of quippy, even even when he said that. It was quippy, yeah. but that was the one bit that I liked. He because oh, yeah. he, he he changed a little bit, you know. He went from from being a guy who just didn't want to have any friends and any group around him to realizing that he needs them sometimes. So I was okay with that bit. It was everything else in between that I thought he needed to maybe drop one or two of the the lines, but mm-hmm. it's still Ash, yeah, so it's not too bad. You're abs- you're absolutely right. Actually, you got me thinking about it now. I when I'm watching the show, I'm like waiting for Ash to say something because I'm waiting to laugh at what he says. Mm-hmm. But I guess if he does it all the time in every single episode, it's going to get kind of tiresome after a while, I suppose. Yeah, the the guy, Jason, who I do the other podcast with, he says all the time that uh, if you accent everything, you accent nothing. And that's what I felt like this was. It, it was all up. There was no up and down to things. So That's a good point. I still laugh, though. He's funny. Well, he's still funny. There's no denying that. <laughs> yeah, I really, I feel like, um, I mean, I, I, I really liked in Evil Dead 2 when he got more serious, but I think that that's going to be like this throughout the series. We'll see, but I wouldn't, I, I think they're, I mean, they, they keep hiring horror directors and comedy writers, and I think they um, are just looking for the jokes, but We'll see. I, I kind of agree with you. Mm-hmm. I want there to be some groundedness to it so we feel like there are actual real stakes and everything, and it's not just, um, I don't know, Three's Company with demons or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just I a little too. bit. I don't want I don't want too much. Just a little, you know, to keep it to keep it uh, keep it good. Yeah, yeah. You don't want the soap opera. I would like to know a little bit about what Ash has been doing for the last thirty years. I hope they work some of that into it. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> seems like he's been uh, living in his trailer and trying to bring home women. Yeah, and yeah. working at the value stop. That's drugs right. and banging chicks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot not a lot to show if that's all he did. Huh? Occasionally, he meets one that wants him to dress up like a Viking. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> okay, where, where are we? Uh, uh, are we at number one? Number one. Okay, hold up, because it's time to talk about some underwear real quick. So oh, we're, we're just getting started in the life of this podcast, I feel, Evil Deadcast, and our very first sponsor, which we talked about last week too, was Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon has men's underwear, undershirts, t-shirts, socks, and sweats. They have a whole bunch of different styles and really beautiful colors. They, they feel really good and they look cool. They're really well designed. You can tell they put a lot of attention into making them not just like all the other undergarments, but their own special details. Richard, you got some for the first time, right? I did. I got some in the mail. What'd you think? I'd like to, uh, freaking awesome. (laughs) I'd like to thank Colin at Mac Weldon. He sent me some, uh, 
underwear, a t-shirt, and a couple pairs of socks. I haven't gotten to try the socks on because the first thing that happened was my wife stole them and put them on. <laughs> she says they're great. And then she also said that the underwear was sexy and that well, I looked well. sexy in it. There's yeah. an endorsement. So that's my thanks to Colin. Thanks. Uh, you know, I, damn, I get laid out of this deal. <laughs> that's an endorsement. <laughs> well, yeah, Just don't promise that to anybody. <laughs> we guarantee. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they are really good. They're really soft, really smooth. Uh, it's it's high end quality too. It's really good stuff. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's holiday season, so if someone you care about is low on undies, they they do make a great gift. Better, I think, than if you just got them regular underwear because it's apparent from the quality of the material and the detail that these are unique and kind of special. They have them in packs so you can get like a starter kit that has a crew neck and undershirt and a pair of trunks and a pair of striped socks. So they kind of package them together in a, in, in a way that you get to try a lot of different products at once. Best of all, you can go to MacWeldon.com right now and get 20% off using promo code groovy. So that's M A C K W E L D O N.com. And they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. And yeah, so thanks, Mac Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com, get 20% off, use promo code Groovy. If only Ash wore Mac Weldon. <laughs> then he would be. <laughs> he would be so much more comfortable in his <laughs> deadite killing role. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he wouldn't scream something. All right. Number one. Chris. So number one, um, we Jason, you touched on this a little bit already, but for me, it's just how they they kind of set up the greater plot line and the greater mystery for the rest of the season, I feel like. Um, We now know that whatever it's going to take to get rid of the deadite invasion or the demons is apparently inside Ash, whatever that means. Um, and I, I liked, I agree with you. I liked how when they said it's it, the annulment lies inside the origin of the man, he's the man. And Ash immediately thinks, well, that's got to be me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, of course. But at least we, we sort of have a direction for the season now. You know, we're going to be, we're going to be spending probably the, the rest of the season figuring out what it is about Ash that, um, that is special about him that gives him the ability to rid the world of these things once and for all. And uh, who knows how that'll play out. But um, I think we've got the greater sort of overall plot for the season and we're going to move ahead from here. So that's what this episode was about for me, just getting uh, getting that sort of getting the show on that path and in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they're going to Pablo's uncle next time. And I'm sure that won't work out. And then, but maybe they'll find out some more information then. So I feel like, yeah, it's sort of set in that direction, but there's still a lot left to be uncovered, which is great. Yeah, well, I do think that it's probably not going to end well for Pablo's uncle. That (laughs) seems to be a pattern so far. (laughs) Um, But then I also thought that I, you know, you've seen this kind of thing before. This is a common theme in shows where you just have to realize your inner potential and you can solve any problem you have sort Mm -hmm. of thing. And I kind of hope they, and I expect them to go take it further on this show. You know, I don't want it to just be Ash discovers he has to step up and be the man or hero he really is because I feel like he almost already knows that, you know, he knows he's a cool guy. He even says it. (laughs) And then, and then the other way it could go, I thought, is Ash has to actually, like, maybe there's physically something inside him, or he physically has to transform himself into something to fight the Deadites, which um, I think takes, I know this is a show about demons and stuff, but it takes a an even sharper turn towards the supernatural. And I'm not sure I want them to go that way either. So I'm looking forward to finding out whatever it is about Ash Williams that makes him special. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hope that you said they take it further. I, I really, like right now, it's felt, it, it's great, it, but it, it feels like kind of what you might expect it to be. And I really would like if it just went insane at some point somehow. I don't even know what I mean by that, but something where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. All right, Rich? Um. Yeah, I enjoyed the the setups in this episode. I liked, uh, you know, I liked the demon. 
the Elagos demon, uh, the effects, all that was great. I like the idea that they're getting into the book and explaining the book, giving it a reason to be so important. I love what Chris just said about how Ash is, you know, an integral part of the whole story. But I think for me, in this particular episode, it was all about Ruby. <laughs> Ruby opens it up with her badass car and her badass bracelet, you know, and she's at she's standing at the farmhouse and she doesn't even freak out when the deadite comes out of the ground. She forces the deadite out of the ground, sticks him on a stake, gives him the once over. It was a great tease. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Lucy Lawless, and I really want to see what's gonna happen with her character. So this this whole opening, this whole tease with Lucy Lawless and playing Ruby really got me excited. <laughs> I thought it was pretty awesome too. I especially liked when she was flicking the fork in the guy's eye. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just know that would like, be the most painful thing yeah. ever. <laughs> Stop oh. it, you stupid bitch. <laughs> but uh, one thing about it though is, um, I'll be a little contrary. Like if she, 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 she didn't seem to really have any fear and she was a total badass. And um, she, you know, pulled that deadite right out of the ground and stuck it on that stake. And I'm like, well, if characters can dispatch with them that easily without any fear, then it just seems like less scary to me. And and I don't like that. I want it to be where I'm like, oh shit, not, oh yeah, she'll take care of that. And, you know, I mean, she's obviously a badass character, but I wonder, well, I are, haven't there like been no deadites for 30 years because Ash just read the book for the first time. So has she really ever had any experience with anything like this? Maybe she has, maybe we'll find out she has, which would make a little more sense. Um, but, but having said that, um, she's great. And you know, the scene was, yeah. was funny and awesome. I've thought of all that stuff too, but I, I kind of rationalized it. She had that special knife. Yeah. She cut the demon's face and it started to melt. And then she had her bracelet. So she, you know, she I was think, prepared. Yeah, I don't know what her story is yet. Um, right. She had something to do with it. Was it was it the professor? She, yeah, she's Ruby Noby, so we can presume yeah. that they're related. So she's out for revenge, and that's what I want to see. Yeah, yeah. It's I I looked her up, and I don't know if you guys want to go into it exactly, but there's a lot. There's lots of information about who she is. Let's wait and what she's doing. Yeah, let's wait until. Um, the end of the segment and talk about it so we can give people a chance to skip ahead. Sure. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Remind I don't me know if, if I forget. Yeah, I don't mind hearing it, but I just want to give people a chance to skip ahead if they don't want to hear too much about that. Okay. So number one, my number one, well, my number one was going to be something else, but we already talked about it. So I'll talk about Amanda because this is the first time that Amanda and Ash have come face to face and that's right yeah. and i like that the first thing he says is i'd like to get some help from her because <laughs> it makes <laughs> sense that he'd notice that she's a hottie but uh she she you know she kind of messed things up this episode like she came on really aggressively without really having that much information about ash and she knows that there are demons and crazy things and you know i don't know if she has any reason to think for sure that ash is behind that she even said to kelly listen if you guys are fighting these things then we're on the same side and yet for some reason she decided that ash is a bad guy and and shot at him causing him to loose the demon and then even at the end wouldn't let him explain himself when he said let me just explain myself so it was pretty harsh of her to get left in the bookstore handcuffed with a deadite but she kind of it's kind of her own fault, I thought. But yeah, I, but I mean, she's sort of doing her job, right? Like, she thinks Ash is just a criminal or a killer, and she's really going after him for that, mostly. It, but the reason why she's investigating all of this is because of what happened with her partner. Yeah. You know? That's true. That's what got her into it. Yeah. So she knows there's supernatural shit going on. So <laughs> I think that might lead uh, lead someone to think well let me figure out what's going on before i start blaming anyone i guess i mean i don't know maybe you're right maybe she's just like post-traumatic stress and wants to lash out or something yeah and ash she's really did start it all that's true well yeah <laughs> that's a good point Everything generally is his fault, it is so. it is pretty much his fault <laughs> um and speaking of that scene i really liked how 
uh, she was locked in there and you heard some rustling and he kind of stumbled like he was being his usual nerdy self and then turned around and was like, and that his tongue was like coming out way farther than a human tongue ever should. Yes. (laughs) You almost think when he gets up, you think, oh, maybe he's okay or he's not dead, but then he just whips around and, oh, no, he's gone. He's he's bad. It's creepy as hell. (laughs) Who's your favorite character so far? Who, me? Besides Ash? Yeah, both of you. Who's your favorite? Mine's, I, I mean, think, I mean, it's Ash, obviously, but aside from yeah, that, it's like, mine's Pablo. I was going to pick Pablo, too, yeah, other than Ash. <laughs> I was reading some forums a little bit before we started, and uh, there's a lot of people that don't like uh, Kelly. They don't like her character. Oh, yeah? Huh. Yeah, I'm not sure why. <sighs> well, maybe because she's uh, kind of smart alecky but i think she's great yeah she's she's a little bit damsel in distress so far you know she doesn't really do anything but cower i think well, and maybe she's that's the one that people... smacked the demon with the book though oh yeah you're right she hit that she stepped up in this episode mm-hmm. so maybe from here on in she'll she'll have uh more of uh more ability to step up and kill stuff but maybe <laughs> up until this point i don't know she was sort mm-hmm. of cowering she was even in this episode before the book she was hiding and stuff like that she's the one who let amanda uh, go anyways who then screwed everything up so i think you'll i think everyone will learn to love her a little bit more i think she'll do good things what were they saying rich uh just general comments uh i think more maybe about the actress because they were i remember them saying things like they didn't like the way she delivered her lines they didn't like the smirk on her face every time ash said something but i'm thinking as an actor if you're acting behind you know uh ash uh, how could you keep a straight face the guy's hilarious (laughs) you know things like that but you know and they don't see the point of her character yet but you know it's just getting started give it a little bit yeah yeah go like uh, chris said you know i think she's good and it you know there's the whole side story of pablo being in love with her and her thinking he's a little brother (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah she didn't i was when that scene happened i was thinking to myself you know Guys will complain about being put in the friend zone, which is bad because you don't want to be friends. But he's in the little brother zone, which has <laughs> got to be even worse. <laughs> you know, friend can turn into something else. Little brother, nothing. You're not going anywhere from there. Yeah. And he's like, maybe I'm a bad boy. Yeah. Like, if you ever say maybe you're a bad boy, then you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely, yeah, you're definitely not. But not. you know what? I I like her sort of smirkiness behind mm-hmm. Ash. Cause like what else as, as a character, what else is someone going to do? Like the, the stuff that comes out of his mouth, like when he was saying, I was banging this chick who was really into me role playing. And she's like, I do not want to hear this. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. totally yeah. what someone Or coming say, up you know? and saying, uh, you know, what did he say? You know, tell your mother all her genes got passed down in the right place or whatever. Exactly. Like, what are you going to say <laughs> yeah. to that? And then, but I, but she still gives him credit. You know, she told Amanda, um, Hey, he saved my life. I'd be dead if he, if not for him. Mm -hmm. So she's playing it exactly right. People. Yeah. The more I think about it, I think so too. (laughs) Speaking of her, one of the, this was my favorite line in the, in the show that made the only time I really laughed out loud was when, uh, Ash said about Amanda, Hey, if you want to let her out again, knock yourself out. She fucking lied to me, right? She said she w- she said she would help. Well, then you two learned a very important lesson today. Cops don't help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually cringed a little bit when I heard that, though. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to catch hell for that comment, right? Right at this time of heightened, you know. Yeah, I don't. Cops. I yeah, I know. I didn't really get that it had anything to do with that. Now that you mention it, I feel like that too. But I think it's just more because then he said we should get out of here before more show up. It's just that he's the kind of guy who he's up to no good, you know. (laughs) That's what it's about. (laughs) Anyways, my um, uh, my favorite line of the episode was when Ash said, "Called Pablo, you smooth brown Einstein." (laughs) <laughs> and then he said come on pablo do you want to be a ghost beater or not <laughs> oh yeah that was good ghost yeah. beater. Uh, and then i kind of liked how he's he seems like he's almost proud of the book he's like it kind of looks like a face doesn't it ever wonder why because it's bound yeah. in human flesh that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like the way he ends his sentences uh, or he ends the conversation i'm an alone wolf 
lone wolf exactly <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> or he's or when pa- when uh, pablo says you know i'm not mexican right he's like that's a spirit <laughs> that's, that's the spirit, spirit. <laughs> yeah i love the way he ends those that's great oh, man. anything else you guys uh, uh no, that's it i was gonna i was gonna mention ghost beaters because that was i thought really funny mm-hmm. uh, oh and then and then i was just thinking that they really buried uh kelly's father and i guess parents in the shallowest of shallow graves because lucy lawless was able to like reach yeah. down with one hand and pull them right out of the dirt so they could have maybe done a better job burying them and that would have been okay ash is lazy i think he did the same yeah. thing with his girlfriend linda and evil dead too <laughs> yeah like put like a thin layer one inch layer of dirt over her dirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's right <laughs> You know, I was going to mention too the music. I really dig the music, the soundtrack. I hope they make a soundtrack for this. They show. are going to. I, like I read. The, yeah, I don't know if that's in rocks, your news, Chris. Yeah, it's coming yeah, I like out the soon. Sixties and seventies. I like all that classic rock stuff. It's cool. It goes well with the show too. Oh, I thought you were talking about the score. No, you're talking about the the no, yeah, the the songs. Okay, the songs that they play. Yeah, totally. It fits with his character, huh? Yeah, kind of. The a, score sounds good too. It sounds like a movie soundtrack. Well, it's done by the same guy who did the score for the movies. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) That'll do it, yeah. (laughs) Joseph Doluca. All right, dudes, let's we'll take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. All right, we're back, and it's time for news about Evil Dead. Groovy. So this week, making news in the world of Evil Dead is there's co- they're coming out with a soundtrack, guys. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> in case uh, in case you hadn't heard, but uh, I can tell you that it will be released digitally on December 11th. And then on CD on December 18th, it's coming out on a record label called Veres Saraband, which has been around for a long time. That sounds like a line from the book. Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> Maybe that's why they chose it. I don't know. Uh, but it will contain 22 tracks by Joseph Loduca. And uh, as as we said, it's the original soundtrack, not the not the... The songs. Uh, not the music that yeah. they include. Yeah, it's the score. Um, some of the titles of songs include the main title, so that's cool. We get Ash's theme and one called "Evil." Without evil, there is no good. So uh, I wouldn't. I'm not going to read any more of them because some of the titles actually felt a little spoilery. Mm-hmm. Like they, it felt like they referred to things that we haven't seen in the show yet. So um, you can pick that up uh, in December if you're if you're digging the music. I think that title might be the title of an upcoming episode. I think I might have read that. I'm not sure, but maybe. Which one? Without Evil, There's No mm-hmm. Good? Yeah. Well, you have to show both sides, right? You have to show the light side and the dark side. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that seems to be what we're getting here. Um, all right. Next is um, that Bruce Campbell, he was interviewed on moviepilot.com, and they started talking about... Uh, how Army of Darkness was apparently a little bit of a box office disappointment, didn't make a ton of money. And the interviewer asked Bruce that, you know, are they going to reference anything in Army of Darkness or, or are you not doing it because it didn't do so well? And Bruce answered that uh, it's not the material that we it's the material that we can't do legally so we're not going to do it it's a whole complicated bunch of legal mumbo jumbo that's not even worth getting into the three movies were made by three different companies so it's very complicated to put together and i'm just really grateful that it all worked out but you know everything that ash needed was in the first two movies anyway anything he ever used so it's all good so i think the point is just that it sounds like we're not going to really get uh, references or story points from Army of Darkness because it sounds like legally they can't, which is interesting. 
uh, because you'd think that Sam Raimi would control all of this, but I guess when various studios and production companies are involved, the that's not always the case. But um, anyways, everything we're getting is from Evil Dead 1 and 2, and I think that's okay with me. How about how do you guys feel? Yeah, it's all right because Evil Dead 3, it was it was more of the same. They just made it a comedy, more of a comedy, you know what I mean? Right. Right. But they can they can imitate that style, of yeah, course. But which they are, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, they, exactly. Um, but I I think yeah, when you're making movies and you're in a position like he was with Army of Darkness where they're just giving you a chance, here, okay, now let's see what you can do making a big movie, then they're going to keep a lot of rights. Whereas if he had already made a string of big movies and they're like, please make a movie for us, then he would have more rights. You know what I mean? It just yeah. depends on what's, what your like power or status level is when you're coming into the negotiations to make the movie. But uh, I, as far as whether or not they use stuff from Army of Darkness, I think actually it's great that they're not going to because mm-hmm. I, I want them to um, keep it simple at first and then it, maybe it, towards the end of season two, because I think maybe they are still trying to get those right. So if they succeed and start bringing some of that in, later on maybe season three i think that would be cool maybe that's why we haven't seen uh that uh picture you were talking about earlier where he's standing on top of the oh that's right well chainsaw that was was from army of darkness right uh, they showed it in uh evil dead 2 because to sort of foreshadow him ending up there at the end oh did they i don't remember that part yeah Hmm. they did all right um one more item in the news here. Uh, somebody, an artist by the name of, of Sean Hughes, has written a children's book based on Evil Dead 2. Now, it's more of an online comic than a book, although the, the item that I <laughs> read... Yeah, I know, you'd think it's crazy. But it's called The Littlest Deadite. And so this guy, Sean Hughes, wrote and illustrated it. It's online. You can find it at thelittlestdeadite.wordpress.com. And it's short, but and and I read it, and it is super cute. Like, I thought the art was really good. It has this rhyming storyline about a deadite trying to find souls to eat. And uh, I think this Sean Hughes did a really great job with it. So I do recommend checking it out. And I guess all the parents out there, you can decide on whether it's appropriate mm. for your kids or not. <laughs> but uh, I have a feeling the people on this podcast would be okay with it. Right, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to read it to, uh, to my kids. Cause I think they'd get a kick out of it, but uh, the littlest deadite.wordpress.com and uh, check it out. It's, it's pretty fun. I'm looking at it right now and it looks awesome. Yeah, it's. I thought the Pretty illustrations, cool. the art was especially mm-hmm. good, actually. So, it's it's short, but it's it's really entertaining, and I think he did a nice job. Cool. That's cool. <laughs> it's good stuff. That is it for the news this week. I have a story about um, Richard's kids. One time we were all playing. Uh, if you want me to t- uh, edit this out later, I can, Rich. But one time we were all playing uh, Gears of War, and if you don't know <laughs> that game, they they you like your character has a chainsaw so he like the character went up and (laughs) and cut the enemy's head off and richard's daughters were how old like four and six they were just yeah no they were younger than that (laughs) three yeah probably about three three and five and the five-year-old ran out of the room and the four-year-old was like where'd the head go (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. where'd the head go daddy where'd the head go Now the body's squirting blood out, you know, (laughs) falls on the ground in a pool of blood. She's like, where'd the head go? It got cut off. It shows the difference between the two kids. Kids are funny that way. The older one is like old enough to be freaked out by it. And the younger one is young enough that they're not really freaked out. They just Uh see what's, you know, see the obvious. Huh? Where'd the head go? Yeah. Yeah. Nico definitely has gotten, he, he never used to be scared of anything. And now he doesn't want to watch Doctor Who anymore for one thing. It's too scary all of a sudden. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they no, pass my girls the threshold are, uh, and they just realize what's scary. Yeah, they do. And they, well, they change too. My daughters are 17 and 15 now. And I was watching this show, the Ash versus Evil Dead. And they didn't know what I was doing. They came in and they started watching it with me and they sat down behind me and we were all laughing together. They thought it was great. Well, I thought you were going to say the older one ran out of the room and the younger <laughs> yeah. one still yeah. said, where'd the head go? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, we uh, should, they've changed. We're going to start a new podcast on exposing your children to <laughs> gore and <laughs> horror. Just kidding. All right, cool. Thanks, Chris. No problem. Uh, just a little bit of listener feedback this time. Let's take turns. Rich? Joey Poole said, that demon in Epo episode three was crazy, wicked, creepy. I have to agree with you, Joey. It was. <laughs> yeah. I read that before I saw the episode, and I was like, oh, cool. What's it going to be? Uh -oh. <laughs> I wasn't disappointed. Um, this next one I wrote to Jill Marine Jones on Twitter and said, great to see you face to face with the Ash Man. And she wrote back, yes, Ash gives Amanda a run for her money, but thank goodness she has a lot. So we had some contact with one of the actors, which I thought was cool. Oh, right on. That's very cool. I, I'm. It's great to hear she responded on Twitter. I haven't followed her yet, but I got to do that. Yeah, I wanna, I'm going to start writing to some of them and ask about maybe doing some interviews. I haven't done it yet, but it'd be cool. That's a good idea. Uh, Adam Owen. This must be the same Adam that, that I know. I've actually met this guy in real life, I think, if it's the same guy. He's a listener of, of mine on the other podcasts. But Adam says, hey, hey, guys, love the show. I was wondering if you guys felt like the show was zanier than Army of Darkness or just about the same. Ah, good question. I think it's zanier. the same. Yeah, I don't think it's any I'd zanier. Have to say, uh, I don't think it's any more mm -hmm. goofy. I think it but, gets uh, just as goofy, but it does. But it's scarier also than Army of Darkness ever was, which I'm yeah. I'm I was gonna really lack, like. I was gonna say Ash isn't is the same. Yeah, I think. But the situation is more serious, I believe. Yeah, like in the Army of Darkness, the the de the enemies were pretty zany sometimes too, and so far they haven't. Yeah, been there. they were cracking their own jokes. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up getting zanier though. Right. They have just more more time to work with, and I think they're going to go to some pretty wacky places. So, and I'm looking forward to that. So, <laughs> I I think it'll I think it'll we'll look back and think this was way crazier than army of darkness once we've seen it all awesome all right let's move on to next week on ash versus evil dead uh next week on episode 104 premiering november 21st is called brujo it says uh the synopsis is an unlikely alliance develops as ash and the team uncover a new clue but kelly pays a price so there oh. you go. And there's an actor, uh, Hemke Madera, is going to play Brujo. I predict that Kelly will lose her hand. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what other so price could Brujo? she play? She doesn't have anything left. Brujo is is uh, Pablo's shaman uncle. Un uncle, shaman, yeah. Right, yeah. I predict he yeah. will pay a price, but well, I don't know about Kelly. I can't see her being killed off. So, yeah, she's... She's going to have to lose something somehow. Or I don't know. Yeah, she pays a price. And uh, <laughs> Brujo appears in uh, the next three episodes. Oh. Oh, so he'll be around for a while. Okay. For a little while. Yeah. Maybe Kelly just buys lunch next time. She pays the price. <laughs> she pays $1.50 for a hot dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's our show, episode six. Thanks for listening, everybody. Let's talk about Ruby Noby a little bit. So if you guys don't want to hear this, well, let's do our contact info first. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Or you can email us at groovy at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash evildeadcast or at evildeadcast on Twitter. And thanks for checking out our other shows on the Podcastica Network at podcastica.com. So what do we know about Ruby Doby? Yeah, tell me. I want to know. Well, I went to the Evil Dead Wiki, which is a great source of information, and found out, or was sort of reminded anyways, that she is the daughter of Raymond Noby, who is the professor from Evil Dead 2. He's the guy who who originally found the book, brought it to the cabin, and then him and his wife were killed and other daughter, Annie Noby. 
So Ruby's whole thing is that she blames Ash for the death of her family and for releasing sort of the deadites into the world, even though it was her father that, right. that brought the book. And Ash only released them by playing back her father's recording. That's right. right. He, he that's right. He played the recording in that one. So she's pissed about that and she's coming after Ash to get back or get revenge uh, for the death of her family and all the stuff she thinks he's done. So that's what's going on with with Ruby. And uh, I mean, she's bound to catch up with Ash at some point and they'll yeah. have some sort of showdown, I guess. Yeah, well, she doesn't have the whole story either. That's going to be interesting. Will all these characters still be alive at the end of the season? Uh, I think I don't know. Yeah, you think I, think I don't know. It, it, it is does it? Nobody knows if Lucy Lawless is on is on board for season two. Do we? I think I could see her being killed off, like just complete the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could too. Um, I mean, I'm like you, Rich. Though I hope not, because I want to see her on the show. But I kind of think that too that maybe she might be one of the one, the one to get killed off. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's hard to predict. I mean, there's only five characters, right? There's only five main characters, so there's not a whole leeway, a whole lot of leeway if you knock That's one right. of them off. Yeah. There. It's true. And I'm not dying for one of them to be killed off. I think they could easily go through this season and next and just keep the same cast. But I think if they're gonna do one, it's probably Ruby, uh, because I don't see Pablo going, and I don't see Ash going, of course, and. The other two characters seem like they're pretty core characters, so it's got to be one of those. It's got to stay dynamic, and one thing that is really good about this show is there's really distinct relationships between all the characters, Mm -hmm. and that's cool, but if they all just become friends, then it might not be interesting, but it doesn't... I I don't think this show would do that. They're going to keep the conflict going in one way or another, hopefully, anyway. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you're saying. It'd be like Night of the Living Dead, where they just run around bashing in all these deadites for fun. Yeah, that could be fun for a little while, but probably not for too long. It would be like, uh, well, I never really saw, um, what do you call it, Uh, uh, Buffy. But my Jenny said she wondered if this show was sort of Buffy-esque. I don't know. I I never watched my wife, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know people that love that show, but I never saw it. All right. Well, fuck Buffy then. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I've always meant to watch Buffy, it. Yeah. I've heard it's good. Let me put on my Mac Will. <laughs> nice. All right. We're getting a little loopy. Let's close it out. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll swallow your souls. I think they had a whale penis up on stage at one point. Nice. Nice.